0: This is Two Balls, One Basket with Jordan Alfasa. And we're back with another episode of the Two Balls, One Basket podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and I'm sorry that it's been about a month since I've recorded. I was fully anticipating a Miami Heat sweep, but, you know, why would they ever do anything to make me happy? So today with me, I have Zach Sadik, a regular on the show my secondhand man zach. What is up?
1: Not much, man. Still uh coming down off the high from last night. Beautiful game, beautiful win. How you doing?
0: Man, I just got a couple things to say. The first thing is Jimmy G buckets. And the G is not for goddamn he's sexy. The G is for <laughs> gets buckets. I like it. Just imagine some people are over here saying Jimmy Butler can't be your number one scoring option. The motherfuckers leading the postseason in scoring.
1: Jeez. He has 36 and 45 point games. In and the, then in, a 20 the point round. game.
0: That was almost a triple double.
1: Mm-hmm. Baller superstar.
0: The funniest thing is I saw this stat. So coming into the series, the heat and the Hawks were both top five in three point field goals. And the Heat were top five in defending three-point field goals, and the Hawks were bottom three. And I don't even think, obviously, besides the first game, I don't think that these games that we're winning are because of the three-point ball. No,
1: no. The if we're winning games, it's based on the defense. The offense, I feel like, still has some work to do. Uh, they're still kind of finding a rhythm, especially you know guys like Bam and and Victor Oladipo, who's now get, seeing playing time um but if we you know th- these three wins have been all about the defense taking out their top guy the hawks have not looked fluid in any of these games not even in their win In the one win that the hawks got they maybe played a quarter of good offense to get the dub uh but the heat's defense has been smothering in the series
0: we we've been killing them the first game what 24 point win second game 10 point win third game one point loss the last second and then, the, mm. yeah, fuck that, another 24-point win.
1: hmm yeah,
0: yeah. Like, and it's weird because I actually, like, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, Atlanta sucks, Atlanta su-. Atlanta's a good team. They don't play defense, but mm-hmm. they're a good team.
1: They're a good offense.
0: Yeah, like, Trey Young, as much as we want to talk shit about him, he's a good player. Clint Capella hasn't played much, but a good player. John Collins, a lot of Heat Nation wanted John Collins, and now all of a sudden he sucks? Like, come on, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. No, they're a good offensive team. This year, they obviously didn't have the same success as they did last year, but uh, they're still a good team.
0: They're, they're finally getting you know,
1: healthy. <laughs> they are. Yeah, the, the, their true COVID year was the year after the bubble. Missed me with that bubble championship nonsense. Last year was the weirdest year that I've seen.
0: So there's two things I want to get into, and they're both about players. So the first player we're going to get into is Bam. Uh, A lot of people are freaking out saying, oh, Bam doesn't have that dog mentality. Bam's not a star. Like, I don't want to use the COVID as an excuse, but he did just have COVID. And this isn't really a series where Bam needs to dominate, especially when Jimmy's playing like this.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, was it confirmed that he had COVID? I just knew he was in protocols.
0: Yeah, no, he had COVID. He was asymptomatic.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So not that if he's asymptomatic, you wouldn't expect any real lingering issues, you know, um, other than he the fact could, that he, he wasn't practice. playing with the team. Right. He couldn't practice with the team for like a week or two. Uh, but, you know, offensively, he kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes he has those games where he's going and getting his bucket. But then the next two games, he's kind of laying back and kind of letting the game come to him and, and maybe doesn't get the point. totals that he should. Um, but he's definitely wrestling with it right now. And I don't know if he's more focused on the defensive side of the ball or what, but um, the offense hasn't come to him just yet, but you know, there's no reason to be worried. Like you said, we don't need him to beat the Hawks um, just like we don't need Kyle Lowry to rush back from injury to, you know, try to take out the Hawks. Uh, So it's a luxury that he has a few games to try to get back into the flow of things. And then, you know, we'll see how he looks next round.
0: Defense has been great. Uh, There was a, I saw a clip. It was, Trey Young's got PJ Tucker picking him a full court he comes down he calls for a screen, bam switches onto him, dribbles a couple more, goes for another screen then he has Jimmy Butler switch on him. next thing you know he's got five seconds to shoot- mm-hmm. like I, I almost feel bad for Trey Young he, he's in hell mm-hmm. and he's
1: saying, he's saying as much in his press conferences he's talking about how the heater basically shoving him into a locker you know not, not in those exact words but you know he's saying that the, the heater throwing a bunch of guys at him. And that's the beauty about this team is that not many teams have the ability or the personnel to be throwing that many good defenders at a great player. Trey Young said he hasn't been guarded like this since high school. Well, yeah, no one in college, no one in his first couple years in the NBA has really been able to stifle him the way that he'd have with three, four, sometimes even five great defenders on the court at
0: once. I'm just waiting for that one game where P.J. Tucker just grabs him and gives him a big wedgie.
1: How many centers and power forwards can clamp up Trey Young that are on the same team on the floor at the same time? How many center power forward combos?
0: According to the media, Rudy Gobert, what do I know?
1: Who's their power forward? And also Rudy Gobert does not do shit on the perimeter. I don't want to hear that. Hey, I'm on
0: your side. I hate Rudy Gobert.
1: (laughs) Overrated. I'm glad he didn't get the DPOY this year, but Bam still got snubbed.
0: What and one thing that's pissing me off about Trey Young, well, the Hawks in general, to be honest, the more they speak, the more they're making themselves look dumb. Like it's always in question how basketball is not an aggressive sport. Basketball is not a man's sport. Oh, like all this bullshit. And then when you hear them complain, like, oh, the Heat are gonna get more calls, even though every game I'm pretty sure the Hawks have shot more free throws than us. They don't play the right style of basketball. Like that makes. You look soft, and that makes the game that you represent look soft.
1: I agree. And I I think the free throw split, I think it's two and two. I think two games we had more free throws, including game three, where we had one more free throw. Um, But two of them, the Hawks have shot more free throws. But um, I agree. It it shows that you're soft. Um, I don't think the Heat do anything that's out of the – you know that's not within the rules of the game basketball, Dwayne Wade will tell you basketball is a, is a physical sport. It is a contact sport. The fact that, you know, Trey young and and these other young guys haven't grown up in that or haven't been, you know, grown through that in their, in their careers, in their college, that's not the heat's fault. You know, that's their coaching's fault, that that's the, the style of their game plans fault for moving such to a finesse, you know, side of the game, no power, no grit, no grime. I mean, they can complain all they want. At the end of the day, Trey Young is one of those guys that relies on the reps to get going. Like it's it's always funny to me, like how Embiid was last night. They finally drop a game in the series. He's fl- he flops all around the court all game long, relies on the whistle, and then at the end of the game, he didn't get a couple calls, so he's you know sarcastically golf clapping at the refs as if it's the refs' fault that they lost.
0: Yeah, like he, bro, see him like bum rush Siakam because he wasn't getting calls yeah
1: don't bite the hand that feeds you trey young joel Embiid, those types of guys james harden you have no right criticizing the officiating you rely on the whistle you get so many bs calls already there's no reason for you to be expecting to be treated even more special than that just because you meet someone that's a little bit more physical than you
0: i'm gonna save joel Embiid for the next topic but next player that we're going to talk about is tyler hero he hasn't been playing that well. I think last night he had three points. And it's weird because throughout the season, if Tyler doesn't play well, the Heat don't win. And he's had one Tyler hero game. And that was the game we lost. Every other game, he hasn't been doing what he normally does. And we blow them out. That is so yeah. weird
1: to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's definitely been weird to try to you know, figure out what's going on. But, I mean... <sighs> Maybe Jimmy's just like, all right, playoff started, my turn. You know, he's let Tyler have the reins the entire season, and honestly, I don't think Tyler's played that that poorly. I think I, on defense, he hasn't been that bad. Honestly, uh, he's played decent defense, and on offense, he's kind of getting what you know comes his way. He's taken a, a a couple shots that might have not fallen that that normally do fall, but it just feels like Jimmy has the ball in his hands a lot more than he normally does, and that's why Tyler's kind of struggling to get into a rhythm because, you know, if there was a time for Tyler to have the ball in his hands, it was in the last two minutes of game three when they were, you know, back and forth, one point down, three points down. And Jimmy was taking all those shots. And so, I mean, like it or not, I I don't think that those were the best shots for Jimmy to take, but those were the times that Tyler would normally be called in to go get a bucket. We haven't seen a lot of that. This playoffs,
0: maybe we haven't needed it,
1: but it hasn't happened.
0: I just proved how spoiled Heat fans are, and I feel like an idiot right now because I agree with you. Tyler actually has been playing well for a basketball player, but the Tyler hero that we're used to and the scoring bundles, that's not there. But His defense, you're correct, has been spot on. He's getting everybody involved. He comes right in, gets a bucket, gets an alley-oop every game. He's getting steals. He's in the passing lanes, and I don't know. I I just – I was expecting Tyler here to average like 30 this series. Cause I know he usually <laughs> plays well against the Hawks. He said that thing. I want to be in the same discussion as Trey young. Granted mm-hmm. he is in the same discussion as Trey young. Cause they're both barely scoring
1: in, in this series. They're definitely yeah. in the same conversation, <laughs> but uh...
0: think, um, next series, he's going to be real good because when he's coming off screens, say Embiid switches onto him and going to drop. And I don't know why he mm-hmm. would do that. And even if he doesn't drop, if he goes over the screens, Tyler's blown by him.
1: Yeah, I think Tyler always plays well against the 76ers. And, you know, with a better team like the 76ers, I think we'll have to rely on Tyler scoring a lot more. So I would definitely expect his scoring average to go
0: up. I I hope the God, you know, I'm very superstitious. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to jinx tomorrow. But It's looking like we will close out the Hawks. Knock on wood. I don't have any wood in here, so. It looks like we're going to close out the Hawks tomorrow, and it looks like the Sixers are going to close out the Raptors tonight. How do you think we match up with the Sixers?
1: So before we get into the next series, I definitely want to touch on one last thing that I was bringing in because we were going through players and then how they're doing and whatnot.
0: Bringing on Um,
1: so, I was scrolling through box scores from last night, and obviously, box scores and the plus-minus numbers aren't everything. Um,
0: oh, I know where this but is it,
1: But I just I found it very interesting. I'm gonna go both directions, poor and positive. Um, only one rotation player for the Miami Heat had a negative plus-minus last night. Can you guess who it was?
0: Like rotation in the playoffs or our normal rotation?
1: people that have been getting minutes all season. Caleb? Duncan Robinson
0: oh. was a
1: minus 10. What not did he, a single other did he play person. Five minutes? He played nine minutes and he was nine, minus 10. And so he was the only negative normal rotation player, which I think speaks volumes. Um, and then we had a couple really big plus minuses. PJ Tucker, we all know his value and what he did last night, both offensively and defensively, um, he was a plus twenty-two. There's two people ahead of him in plus-minus that were higher than a plus twenty-two last night. Can you guess who they were? Depot. Okay, that was, that was a good guess. Plus no, twenty-eight for Victor 20. of the Depot. He was plus twenty, I think, in the first half.
0: Yeah,
1: um, or something was like Gabe that. Some mass? small sample size. So it was Victor Oladipo. He was plus 28 over 23 minutes. And the other, the biggest on the team, Max Struess, Yeah. Plus 34.
0: Really? Even with a bad shooting night?
1: Plus 34. And he had 12 points. Yeah. So that, that right there kind of exemplifies the difference between him and, uh, and Duncan, in my opinion. Um, you have the shooting from both of them, but Struess actually gives you, you know, a non-negative on defense. And that's why Strauss is winning these minutes. And that's why, you know, that's, that could be a reason why he's getting these, the fourth quarter minutes and why the team is rolling right now.
0: The, the heat are so deep. Just think about that. Duncan Robinson played what, like 28 minutes game one, hit eight threes, and then mm-hmm. barely cracks 10 minutes in the next three. Mm-hmm. What a luxury.
1: Yes. Yeah, Spo just has to look down to the end of his bench and is like, all right, could use another all-star type player. Let's go.
0: Oh my god! I I like what Victor Oladipo did last night. I know I know he didn't score a lot, but he was just doing everything right. He was I've never noticed how good of a rebounding guard he was.
1: Mm-hmm. He, he had eight, it eight rebounds last night. Takes him playing
0: for your team to realize that.
1: Yeah, and he was he was attacking. He was drawing out defenders on you know to the three point line, opening up the the paint. His value is kind of unspoken. You know, you don't see everything in the box score that he added to the game. That's why he's a plus 28.
0: It's kind of sad that Jimmy hates him so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's cute.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't When that came up, I was just like, motherfucker, why is Skip Bayless doing this shit to us?
1: Yeah, that's what he does. He gets paid to create controversy.
0: They don't talk about us all year, and then as soon as the playoffs start, he drops a bomb. What the fuck is this guy's problem?
1: Yeah, no, I, he... If you watched even the last two weeks of Miami Heat basketball to end the regular season, you would not have to concoct some random theory as to why Oladipo is not playing in the playoffs. He was an end of bench rotation player trying to get back in rhythm and then a playoff start and rotation shrink. Like there's no reason to just come out with that, that absolute nonsense, try to stir the pot.
0: You want to talk about the Sixers now?
1: All right. Bring on the Sixers.
0: Fuck the Sixers. First of all, fuck the Sixers. <laughs> Joe Garnier. I know you're going to listen to this. We're going to fuck you guys up and I'm going to come to Philly and I'm going to wear my heat Jersey and I'm going to walk around with Tiki torches everywhere. <laughs> but it'll um, be
1: a very interesting series. Uh, I think series. obviously the matchup of the series is going to be Bam versus Embiid. Um, and it'll, Bam will have a handful. Uh, but I think he, he's normally pretty good uh, guarding Embiid. Mm-hmm. I don't have the numbers in front of me of how they've you know, gone up against each other in the past. But I, I feel like Embiid, he gets his numbers, but he doesn't take over the games against Miami. He's not you know the dominating force that he is against other teams. Um, I'm not really worried about Harden. We have plenty of perimeter defenders to throw at him. Uh, Embiid is obviously the, the X factor there. And we're going to have to throw Bam at him. If Bam gets in foul trouble early, Deadman's going to have to hold his ground. We might even see Yurtsevin next round. Maybe even Like It depends where Spo wants to go with it, but we're going to have to throw everything we got at Embiid.
0: The one thing that's going to bother me about this series, when, not if, when, the Heat win, there's going to be so much talk, oh, the Sixers would have won if Embiid wasn't hurt. Now, let me tell everybody this as someone who loves the game and has watched it for a long time and beads always hurt. So what are we going to fucking do when he's not hurt? He's, it's, it's an anomaly. If he's not hurt, like Anthony Davis staying healthy in the bubble, it's never going to happen mm-hmm. again.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was lucky to have him once.
0: Yeah. Now I don't think he'll be at a disadvantage. Granted, he is probably in pain. They said he's in pain, but it's gotta be tolerable pain to be able to play a full NBA game.
1: If it's a pain tolerance thing, then he'll still be moving at his normal pace like they'll probably you know give him whatever shots he needs to numb it up before the game like as long as it's not a you know affecting the function of his hand he's going to be out there playing and I don't I don't think they can use it as an
0: excuse honestly everyone's
1: hurt at this time of year if, he, if it's manageable and it's not affecting how he actually plays like you know a hamstring might then you know no excuse
0: until Deadman checks in the game and the first thing he does is go and swipe at that hand. <laughs> we all know what's going to happen. It, That's the first well, thing Deadman's going to do. Yep.
1: Yeah, going to get in there and just, you know, uh, alligator chop it.
0: I, I forgot who I was talking to the other day. He was like, yo, he's like, why didn't Deadman play that much? I said, Deadman's role is we're going to give you 10 minutes. Go do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you want to shoot threes, shoot threes. If you want to punch someone in the face, punch someone in the face. You got six fouls, use them. Uh, that's his role kind of like Myers. like uh i think i think ethan said it today on five on the floor it's like myers leonard's role on that bubble team he started the game he would be physical he would make the presence known he would come out sit the rest of the half then he would start the second half and then he would just be done 10 minute spurts
1: uh... I guess Myers Leonard was more of a placeholder in my opinion. Like he was just there because I guess Spo wanted to keep the bench rotation going and have a true center in the starting lineup, but you know, if we had an actual center that Spo liked or that if or Spo was ready to put Bam at the center at that point, I don't think Myers would have uh, would have seen the floor. Deadman I think actually gives you energy. He actually gives you effort, he gives you boards, he gives you you know, that energy on the floor. Like it, what was it? Was it game one or game two when he was having a really shitty first quarter, first half. And then all of a sudden he gives you like back to back to back possessions of just gobbling up every rebound, riling game up two. the crowd Game two. like Myers Leonard was not doing that. He was standing out there shooting tippy toe threes and, you know, not doing really anything else. Uh, Dwayne Dedman is, you know, he, he does what you need him to. He's, he's a glue guy. He's a guy that comes off the bench, does his job. He's truly the mechanic. He just goes and does what he has to do. And then goes and takes a break when Dan's ready to come back in.
0: Now the player on the Sixers that scares me the most, it's not Harden. It's not Embiid. Tyrese Maxi terrifies me. And I don't know why. I know he's young. He's inexperienced. This kid's a stud.
1: Yeah, wasn't he available uh, when we took... Why, uh, why would you bring that up? Precious. <laughs> we ended up with Precious. But it's okay because we ended up with Kyle Lowry. Uh, exactly. for that. So you I guess I guess everything boy. works out for a reason. Everything works out for a reason. Um, but no, Tyrese Maxey is balling right now. He actually, he's developing really well. Uh, I, I definitely agree that he scares me more than Harden does in this series. We all know what Harden can do and, you know, what we'll need to do to defend him, but... If Tyrese Maxey gets going, that's just another dimension that we have to deal with on defense. Shoot. I mean, like, you know, just got to keep throwing guys. We might see a more defensive lineup, um, which would be tough to do because Philly also has a better defense than um, than Atlanta does, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a delicate balance for Spo to try to manage.
0: Now, do you think that the Heat – obviously, we know is good at keening in on players – do you think he's going to keen in so much on Embiid and Maxi that he'll pretty much force Harden to beat us?
1: I think it would be the other way. I think that he would key in on Embiid. He would make sure that Harden doesn't get going because once Harden does get going, like if, it, if he gets his uh, opportunities like Harden of old, he can go off for 30, 40, 10 assists, 15 assists. Like he could still go and get buckets, go and get numbers. So you can't let him get that rhythm going, just like, just like Trey Young if you let him get his rhythm, he can easily hit you with a 30-piece. So if you keep uh, Embiid and Harden out of their rhythm, out of their normal, you know, bags, uh, I think Spo lets Tyrese Maxey try try to beat them. Let the inexperienced guy that's still trying to figure himself out, let him, you know, do something that he might not be used to doing, and that's, you know, leading the team, taking over games, that sort of thing. If Tyrese Maxey's on... And we end up losing the series. I think Spo would be like, you know what? We took out their stars and, you know, this kid just did it. But I think if we take out Harden and Embiid, I think it's, it's pretty easy. Heat and six, uh, in my opinion.
0: See, now something else that I remembered, I, I don't remember if I heard it on the episode that Greg Sylvander was on, or if I heard it on five on the floor. He said one of Embiid's weak points is passing out of double teams. And they said on whenever they played that the main thing that the hand injury is limiting is his passing, not his shooting. So somebody that's already, that already struggles with passing out of double teams now has a torn ligament in his hand and struggles to pass. I feel like we're going to see like doubles and triple. And that's the thing. Embiid doesn't play on the block which is weird because someone who's so dominant, he he likes to catch it out at the three-point line and do his work from there. Like I'm not saying he shoots every time, but he likes to get going downhill. But if he's going to catch it on the wing, I think we're going to see Bam, Tucker, Butler, Gabe, they're going to quadruple team him because he's not going to be able to get out of that.
1: Mm -hmm. They're going to send help constantly. You're going to have Bam or Deadman you know, trying to stop the, the back down from Embiid and then you're going to have guys like Gabe and Tyler down there swiping at him. There's definitely going to be plenty of help uh, on Embiid. And, you know, if his passing is, you know, hampered, then that's just, you know, a, ben- a benefit for us, I guess.
0: So you got heat in six?
1: I I have heat in six. Um, I think the um, the heat figure out the offense and the, and the defense is too much for Philly to overcome.
0: Where are your fucking guts? Heat in three. (laughs) Come on, man. Listen, I'm
1: going to be realistic. I I picked Heat in five this round. After game one, I was ready to switch to Heat and four just because we looked so crazy dominant, but um, obviously the Hawks ended up getting one, so Heat in five always.
0: I'm telling you, I was was fully anticipating. I was trying to hold off on recording an episode until the sweep happened because I really thought it was going to happen. And surprisingly which kind of made me happy there was a lot of people asking me oh why haven't you dropped an episode where's the podcast been i want to listen to the podcast and i'm like oh my god people actually like me i thought everyone hated me <laughs> That's so awesome. you know whatever surprise we're back so what's you your know? pick heat and four really not nah, heat
1: I don't, uh, dead, all right dead, I, ass, I, dead
0: I, ass heat and five heat and five
1: i don't i i can't if it goes the way I expect it to, I can't see it even going past six to seven. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fully expecting the Heat to take that that matchup, um, especially because obviously Philly is lacking depth right now. But I'm giving their superstars some credit. They'll probably be able to pull out a game or two. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Five or six, I'm very cool with. Very cool with. Um, but I did want to pick your brain, get your opinion on. Uh, and it's probably looking too far ahead. You never want to overlook an opponent, but the good thing is all we do is talk about it. We don't actually got to go out there and execute. So um, assuming that he'd get past Philly, knock on wood, who would you prefer to see in the conference finals?
0: Oh, Milwaukee God, or that, Boston? That
1: Milwaukee uh, or Boston?
0: That's, that's hard. It is. I think Boston. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that. But the main thing is Giannis. Okay. I understand we (laughs) know how to stop Giannis. We'll not stop him. It's impossible to stop him, but we know how to limit him. Mm -hmm. But Middleton just goes off against us. I know he'll be coming back from injury, but you know, it's a total fucking Middleton thing. Oh, I've been out for three years. My first game back is against Miami. Let me drop a (laughs) hundred. Sure.
1: Yeah,
0: just the, the length uh, everybody says Jimmy struggles with length Tyler struggles with length whatever I don't even want to deal with that and granted see it's hard because beating the Bucks would be more sweet
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know I just I feel like we match up better with the Celtics and I, I know people aren't going to agree with that because the Celtics have a good defense but so do fucking we the Celtics have mm-hmm. two stars so do we we have more than two. All right, so here's, here's my take. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. I'm sorry. That was a bad it, answer, but shit, caught me off guard. But, but it is what it is,
1: and that's, that's, that's the kind of internal debate here. And obviously, we have no say over it, but just thinking of which matchup would be better for yourself. I have a say in everything. Be, <laughs> like, I, I see Boston, obviously, with that great defense. If you put Miami and Boston in a series, I, I see it going seven. Honestly, it's like it, in my heart of hearts, our defense, their defense, like I feel like the games would be in the eighties, you know, every, every game would be 85 to 89. And so I see that one going to seven and, and, you know, God knows what happens. Thank God game seven would be in Miami. Um, but I see that one being such a tough grinded out matchup. I see Milwaukee, honestly, as a better matchup for us. First of all, just because, you know, not even the players. You know, Spo is taking the sweep last year personally. You Jimmy, know, I think
0: Jimmy is too. Look at the way Jimmy's playing, and I think it's all oh, for sure. Of last year. Jimmy too, but Spo, who
1: just beat Giannis a few years, uh, you know, two years ago, gets swept by Giannis. I think he's gonna be in the lab drawing up some sort of crazy ass defense to get to get Giannis off of his game. We have PJ now suck at Milwaukee fans. <laughs> we got to see what that looks like because PJ, you know, I don't know if he was a huge factor in the heat series last year, but he was definitely a factor in their championship run. Uh, and so now they're without that, you know, defensive stopper. Um, I just, I, I like the matchup against Milwaukee. I, I don't care about the, the sweep last year. I want to see the rematch. I want to see, the third series in three years for all the marbles. We're one and one right now. See, I see no. that series <laughs> Heat in five or six. That one won't even touch seven.
0: See, uh, that's where I'm thinking either one is going to go seven. Ooh. And I think the views for Heat Bucks would be way better than the Heat Celtics. It, it's it's really hard because I don't know. You have to think yeah. about it. Milwaukee's defending champions. They have Giannis they beat Boston's defense people are going to be like whoa 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 they just beat one of the best defenses in the league if Boston does it they'd be like whoa Boston just dethroned the champions they got like either way i don't think the heat would be favored which pisses me off
1: as the one seed for sure yeah. no matter what happens with philly we could sleep them and we still wouldn't be favored in the next round but um, you know what i you know what i would pay to see this next round i want to see the defensive player of the year Guardianis. I want to see Marcus Smart ass trying to guard the Greek fruit. Let me know how that goes.
0: (laughs) It's not going to go well.
1: Our defensive player of the year candidate matches up very well with Giannis and any other player in the league. Just, you know, just saying Adam Silver.
0: Let's talk about the defensive player of the year. You don't think Marcus Smart deserved it?
1: No, not at all. Um, I I think it's been very well documented on Twitter um, that – you know, Marcus Smart wasn't even considered a contender for defensive player of the year up until, what was it, six or, you know, four, four to six weeks before the end of the season. Robert Williams. Uh, Robert Williams was getting the credit for, you know, I guess being Boston's best defender on the, you know, because they're the best defensive team in the league stats wise. Um, and then obviously he goes down. And then what the NBA writers just clamored for whoever the next best defender was on the best team. Like that's, that's not how you pick a vote. That's not how you pick an award. Um, You know, Marcus Smart has been a good defensive player his entire career. I don't think he's ever been defensive player of the year worthy, but especially not this year. This has, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's been a better defensive player in previous years than he has been this year. Uh, And that's just my eye test. You know, numbers might say something different, but, in previous years, I've kind of feared Marcus Smart on defense more than this year. Um, but I just – I think Bam is so overlooked, and I don't know where all the all the Marcus Smart love came from. You know, Bam can literally guard one through five. He can guard anyone in the league. He can switch from the biggest center to the, to the quickest point guard and not miss a beat. He can clamp Steph. He can body, you know, Embiid. and and put him in in a cage like I he can guard anybody and do it well and the numbers back that up you know he has the I think it's the biggest drop in field goal percentage when he's defending someone than anyone in the league like it the numbers are all there it's just there's no media attention so it's just that part's annoying
0: so now I'm gonna quote a friend of the podcast shout out Gadiel Cartagena he hit one of his tweets really resonated with me. He said he had no problem with who one of the finalists that were picked. He had more of a problem with the finalists picked. So I think of the three to pick from, I think Marcus Mark did deserve it with Mikkel Bridges, a close second.
1: But, I can agree with that.
0: Yeah. It's the fun. Fi- it's the finalists that were picked was the problem. People thought, bam, people thought Robert Williams Draymond. Like, I, I understand Rudy Gobert is great at blocking shots. How the fuck can you not be? You're 7 1 and you don't leave the paint.
1: Listen, I will never support giving Defensive Player of the Year to someone who, the way he plays, Hassan Whiteside did it better for two years.
0: I'm Hassan sorry. Hassan Whiteside's his backup, and I think he does it better.
1: <laughs> Hassan Whiteside was putting up better than Rudy Gobert numbers, consecutive seasons, like four blocks a game that one year, the next year, you know, 14 rebounds a game and three blocks or something like that. Like if Hassan Whiteside puts up the same numbers as you and you're winning defensive player of the year for it, I'm sorry. You don't deserve it. Like that's me saying Hassan should never be considered defensive player of the year and therefore neither should Rudy Gobert. That's all he is. He's a shot-blocking hunter and – he gets cooked if he has to guard anyone of any quickness, you know?
0: Damn, this is bad. You got two Heat fans clamoring for Whiteside right now.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying that Whiteside is any good at this point, but uh, he doesn't belong in a defensive player of the year conversation, and neither, neither does Rudy Gobert.
0: Big think, man I block shots. I think of the three that were chosen, Marcus Smart did deserve it. I think Marcus Smart at some point in his career deserved the defensive player of the year. He, he's a real good defender. I wouldn't necessarily say he guards one through five. He definitely he does not. He definitely annoys centers, but he doesn't lock them down like Bam does. No, and there, that's, for
1: that you have to have between height.
0: defending and annoying somebody. I can annoy anybody. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I go to LA Fitness and people hate when I guard them because I keep punching them in the ass and pulling their pants down <sighs> and shit. Like, that's annoying. That's the shit that Marcus mm-hmm. Smart does.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's a pest for sure. He's you know similar to a Pat Beverly. Uh, and if Pat Beverly and the Marcus Smart type, they might get on the nerves of someone like Giannis or Embiid, but he, they're not taking them out of the game. And that's, where, that's why Bam said guarding one through five is something that people say about everybody now, but it's, it's not really accurate. It's not really true. Like Marcus Smart swears he guards one through five. You will not catch him guarding a true center. And if, and if he is, he's getting sunned by him. Easy back down. Turn over your left shoulder, hook shot. Like no, no big is worried about being guarded by Marcus Smart. Meanwhile, Bam is guarding literally anybody on the court at any time, and that's what unlocks the Heat's defense. That's why we can switch everything, every pick and roll we switch because our biggest guys can guard everybody.
0: But what do I know? But what do I know? know. Nope, you know a lot. Trust me. If you didn't, I wouldn't have you on this podcast. (laughs) But that's all I got today. So. Zach, I just want, I'm going to let you know now if the Heat win tomorrow, well, when the Heat win tomorrow, it's potentially going to get real weird and I need you to be available.
1: I'm always available. Last thing before we go, one word answer. Are you paying Tyler Hero the max contract? Yes. All right.
0: I'm giving him the deed to my parents' house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might disagree on that, but that's a topic for another day.
0: No, I'm giving it. I'm giving him everything. All right. So we'll catch you guys uh, next week. Thanks, Zach. Sayonara.
1: Jimmy hates me, guys. That was a cute one. (laughs)